Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 216 of the Canadian Football Countdown. I am a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Ryan, Mike, and Trey here with you this evening for our Week 5 CFL preview. We're on to Week 5 of the CFL season. A month is officially in the books already. Can you believe it? Uh, we're going to take a look at the major matchup storylines, the fantasy players to watch, and our betting picks for each of the games here this evening, as we always do. Looking forward to all of that. Uh, we're also live on a number of different platforms on our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch feeds. Thanks to presenting sponsor Game Time TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca. Uh, we'll take your comments, take your questions in the live YouTube chat throughout the night as well. So send those in there. Uh, before we introduce the rest of the panel, we do always want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree. Oja Creek, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, uh, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, the great Michael Garrell is here. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I have those of you that joined us on the call-in show last night, I promised a question for Ryan, which we'll get to later in the show, because I'm been dying with anticipation to hear his answer. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, back after a week off uh, last week for you as well, Mike, uh, covering the NHL draft, uh, hockey, big week of hockey, but uh, lots of football talk to come here tonight. Yeah, for sure. Uh, draft is wild. Uh, first draft in, I think they said 16 years, but didn't have a trade in the first round. Yeah. Um played something but uh it's pretty much all football for me now for the next two months perfect well we've got lots to talk about here this evening and joining us to talk about it as always is the great trey colbeck trey how are you doing i'm all right guys working hard hardly working i don't know a little bit of both um good i'm glad i don't talk about the jets but bye wheeler (laughs) (laughs) yeah he got scooped up quick and I was like, I was like, holy, but good for him. New York, New York suits him. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think you're the only one of that opinion on his time with the Jets. Uh, reasonably coming to an end here. Uh, Mike, you teased a little call-in show, and people might be wondering what that is. Uh, and that is a new bonus show we've got for you every week here on the Canadian Football Countdown. It's a live show we do in our Discord group called the drive the drive home call-in show which basically you join me hands-free safe driving on my way home from work as i ramble about whatever cfl thoughts come to mind from the week before uh we also take your comments and questions in the live chat these guys help me moderate that as well uh so you can catch uh, the latest edition in the audio feeds for the podcast no video available for that one but uh, on your favorite podcatcher, you can listen to it there and join us next week. It's every Tuesday around uh, five o'clock Eastern time, depends when the workday ends roughly. But uh, if you want to join us live, join the CFC Discord community. There's a link in the episode description. It's free. Uh, we've got lots of bonus content there, lots of general CFL discussion going on there as well. So uh, make sure you check that out if that's something that interests you there uh mike the light behind you we've got saying the light's a little bit blind i know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go pitch it <laughs> sounds good we'll give mike a moment to uh to fix that up um while he does so 
Well, let's start, I guess, by talking about our first game of the week. Four games back on the schedule this week uh, after the three from this past weekend. And it starts off with the Edmonton Elks uh, visiting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, as Mike's still fixing the light, I don't think it's quite ready to go. Uh, so we'll bring him back in, in a second here. And I guess, what are the big storylines for Edmonton, Saskatchewan? I'm sure Mike's going to walk us through a number of them here in a second once his light is uh, good to go. Uh, but Trey, I guess we'll, we'll kick things off with the obvious topic, which is the quarterback carousel from the Edmonton Elks. Uh, Taylor Cornelius getting the start again this week. What do you make of that? What was the point? You know, what was the point of starting this other guy for a week? It makes little sense to just go right back. I know it's something Jones has done a lot in the past, but uh, maybe Mike can talk about it. Why do you think they're going back to Cornelius in Edmonton after just one week? It's the admission of an experiment gone bad. And on a short week, one with experience. It's as simple as that for me. Yeah, I, I, I can see, I can see logic in that. I, I, I still think, like I kind of mentioned uh, yesterday on the Colin show, that Chris Jones is now just plug and play a quarterback until one of them takes off, and that that's not going to work uh, because none of them, I don't think, are the have the ability right now or have shown the ability to to take off with a massive performance so it's going to kind of be you know they're waiting for magic to happen and instead of trying to build the magic and, and i think that's a mistake there but we'll see uh, we'll see what cornelius can do uh this week uh mike in terms of this game edmonton and saskatchewan obviously the quarterback situation for edmonton's a big one but what other storylines you got for us yeah i got it from mr saskatchewan standpoint the injury bug hitting them despite the bye week not everybody healthy including some bodies on uh the offensive line and a storyline is does the bye week give trevor harris enough time to be even more effective and it has happened to be that during the bye week, the results somewhat went the riders' way. Um, more so because, believe it or not, they are still in this battle for a top spot in the West, obviously having played one fewer game. So how do they sort of avoid this proverbial trap game? Uh, for, for the riders' perspective, especially you know, being at home on a Thursday, um, not to look too far ahead, but it is the start of a two-game homestand for the Riders. Uh, they host Calgary uh, a week from Saturday in their second game. So the big storyline for me is can the Riders avoid that proverbial looking ahead? And this is also, I believe, the first instance where teams have seen each other more than once. Um, what adjustments do both teams make uh, in regards to from the first matchup, which Edmonton we all think should have won uh, with a little bit of goal line execution. And it seems like both teams have kind of gone 
uh, in opposite directions since then. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my storyline for the Riders. Is it's a divisional game, kind of in the same sense too for Edmonton. Obviously, we've already touched on it. Uh, divisional game for for Edmonton, a chance to. Well, I don't want to say have the divisional door slammed on them, but you can't uh, lose divisional game after divisional game after divisional game. Um, it'll just put that much more uh, pressure on the Battle of Alberta because if Edmonton loses this game, they will lose the season series uh, because it is a uh, three-game season series two will typically win it, so it, it's like going up two and a half games, if you will, uh, plus the other head-to-head. So, <laughs> excuse me, it's already looking like, I don't want to say a, a de facto division elimination game, but you lose your sort of cards to try to catch somebody in the division if you don't play this carefully. Um and I think, too, for Edmonton, it's about restoring a brand, restoring faith in a fan base. Um, I would shudder to suggest to you that ticket sales for next week in their home game won't be very good uh, with back-to-back clunkers. Um, so there's a bit of a somebody needs to do something to restore faith in the fan base, because I sure I sure wouldn't want to be the ticket office if you get it handed to you again. Um, so, in short, I think this is a very intriguing matchup for two teams that are trying to show us that they're going to go in opposite directions. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that it's uh, the second matchup between these two teams. I mean, go back, it was week one. They played each other there. That was the closest Edmonton's come to winning a game. You know, they were right there and got shut out three straight tries from the goal line, and that would have made a difference. And imagine that they get that home win to start the season, and what does that mean for the morale and the trajectory of the team there? It's small things like that that make a difference as they – they try to get back on track in this one. Uh, yeah, it should be an interesting matchup there. We'll see if the see if the Elks can bounce back. See how the Riders do coming off the bye week here. Uh, like you did, just looking at some of the chat comments. Uh, our good friend uh, Hussey's Huddle uh, mentions uh, picking the Riders, but last time they were in Saskatchewan, the Elks did win uh, with Taylor Cornelius at quarterback. So we'll see if that uh, plays over to this year as well. Uh, and we'll see uh, how long uh, Cornelius lasts. Trey Ford is a question for you guys. Trey Ford is finally back on the roster this week, third string quarterback. Um, percentage chance we actually see him play anything more than short yardage uh, this week? I'm going to say zero. Yeah, I, I read a tweet. I think it was from Dave Campbell that said uh, Cornelius would also be handling the short yardage. Um so I, yeah, believe I think I saw I'm, that too. Yeah, I remember seeing that. So it's interesting, and you know, I, I I don't know if this is the time and the place to get into a debate about you know why not Trey Ford. Um, to me, I think they're trying to protect them. Um, 
I think they view him as a as a piece of the future, and they just want to bring him along to the point where his confidence isn't quite rattled. But again, to be honest, I think, and I hate to say this as a Canadian, but if he's an American and doesn't have a Canadian passport, I think he's in the field. It's it's been really difficult for Canadian quarterbacks to get sufficient playing time in their own league, and it's sad to see. But I, I, I just think, what do you have to lose going to pay forward? Well, exactly, and if you're trying to protect them for the future, contracts aren't that long in the CFL, and if he's not happy yeah. with the fact that he's not getting into a game, you're protecting a guy for the future that might say, you held me back, and I'm going to go out somewhere else and find an opportunity. It's just interesting. It's just interesting because they spent the high draft pick on him, and now they're not using them. Yeah. Whose pick was it? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe just because Chris Jones is the acting GM, maybe that was one that came from ownership and he's not really feeling it. You never know those kind of conversations, right? He doesn't seem like a guy who will traditionally take a chance on a Canadian quarterback, right? You know, so I don't know. I, I just think it's unfortunate. I think if he was on any other team, he'd probably be playing. Well, not any other team, but if those same quarterback situation was on any other, under any other coach or general manager, I think he would probably be playing. Yeah, and, you know, there's a comment in the chat that the last year Ford did start a couple of games, and maybe it was just the injury and how he's bounced back from that injury in training camp that Chris Jones hasn't really liked what he's seen from that. But, hey, he's going back to Cornelius this week. Jarrett Daggy's the backup. Uh, Trey Ford is third string. Uh, when will Khalil Tate get his start? He was brought in a week ago and ended up as the, uh, the third string last week. So we'll continue to watch that wild ride there. Let's get into fantasy players to watch in this game, guys. Uh, well, on the Edmonton side of the ball, I think it's hard to trust pretty much anybody in CFL fantasy these days. I thought a guy like Stephen Dunbar was going to have a big week last week, but uh, that fell flat there. Uh, Cornelius, as much as I love him, and I love his rushing ability and think he can become a big fantasy player quarterback, the price is too expensive right now to be uh, taking a chance on him until he bounces back. Same thing with their high-priced receivers. Same thing with Kevin Brown, who hasn't done a whole ton this year. But I'm going with the value play. He would have been the top value play of the week last week if they added him to fantasy on time. And I think Maurice French is uh, definitely a player to watch here this week. He comes in at $4,700. He's still in the starting lineup with Eugene Lewis out. Uh, 22 catches on 27 targets, 236 yards and a touchdown in three games. That does include the preseason, to be fair. It was last week in two preseason games. Uh, so the sample size is small, and it's not a great sample there, but... The guy's got talent, and he is a relatively cheap receiver that could be worth the play for you this week. On the Saskatchewan side, three guys uh, or three options I really liked here this week. Uh, Jamal Morrow at running back, I, I think, is one of the biggest locks of the week uh, of any position. Uh, he's third in the league in rushing yards currently, despite having a bye week. Uh, he comes in at $11,400, but he faces an Elks run defense that's pretty bad. Uh, atrocious even. Uh, last week, they gave up over 200 rushing yards to the Ottawa Red Blacks, a team that's normally not known for rushing the ball very much. Pretty much everybody has put up big numbers against them. 
And I think Mora will again this week. Uh, I also think the Riders' defense, uh, given that they're one of the cheapest options at $8,300 and have such a favorable matchup against the Elks, is good play there. They put up 13 points against the Elks in week one, and that Riders' defense uh, finds a way to make some big plays here and there, uh, which is what you want for your point totals here. Uh, and then take your pick of the Saskatchewan right wide receivers, all the young guys who are stepping up. No Jake Winicky this week means even more targets to go around. Do you like Tevin Jones? Do you like Sean Bain? Do you like Sam Emelis? They all, you know, any of them could go off on the week, but I like Tevin Jones at 11,400. He's got 21 targets in his two games this year. He picked up a big TD in week three that I think kind of got the, uh, Kind of got the offense rolling for Saskatchewan in that game. And like I said, more targets to go around. I like Jones's chance of getting a couple more in that one as well. So those are the four guys I've got my eye on in this game. Um, what about you guys? Uh, Trey, Who's your who you got for fantasy players to watch here? Uh, I think I'm just going with French. That was kind of my – I saw that he was up there at that price and what he still put up last week. I think that's a no-brainer in this one, even – what did you say, 20-some catches last week? Uh, that's over three games. Over three. But still, you know, that's including last, you know, a team that hasn't been doing too well. That's not bad. So even if they the game gets out of hand, I think he'll be the one of the go-to guys. Mike, what do you like in this one? If yeah, first, I, I, I like the quarterback in this one. I like Trevor Harris. I, I think he could really go off. I mean, if you had, what, 300 yards and 400 yards in the last two games? Um respectively Jibber Tate and he's probably gonna have an option to throw a lot of touchdowns. Um as well. I, I do like French and I also do like Sam Amelis uh from a national perspective. Three touchdowns uh for him in a recent game. And I could not agree more with uh French when I looked at the pricing today. Um when I was bargain bin hunting hint hint uh, he would drive it came across my screen um, for a, a pretty good price. So he's a pretty good option as well. Um, the only thing I would hesitate is there's been a couple of games where I myself have thought that games will be more lopsided than they are. So I'm hesitant to an- anoint this as a blowout and say, you know, load up on Saskatchewan Rough Riders and uh, and you would do yourself a pretty good favor. Um, cautious optimism for me, um, despite this being so lopsided, uh, looking and appearing to be on the surface so lopsided. Yeah, Trey, you, uh, if he ended up having 20 catches in one game last week, not only would I lock him into my lineup, I would find a way to hack the fantasy website so I could put him in there five times. But I uh, know <laughs> that was spread over three games. Uh, but, uh, yeah, really like French as a play this week. And Mike, like you mentioned, yeah, I, I, I'm the type of guy that normally tries to balance my roster out a little bit in fantasy, especially at wide receiver. I'll hardly ever take two guys from the same game because you're kind of taking yardage away from yourself uh, right. in a way for doing so. Uh, so the question is, which of these guys is the right one? Uh, just catching up on the chat here. We've got a nice comment in our YouTube chat from Jeff. Good evening, Jeff. Uh, we've inspired Jeff to start talking uh, and sharing CFL thoughts as well, so that's exciting. Uh, good luck with that. All the best. Um, 
Let's go to betting picks here, Trey. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. What a week overall. I didn't calculate the dollars yet, been too busy, but our standings uh, last week, Adam and I went one and two on the spread. Ryan went 0 and three. So now I sit on the season uh, 10 and five. Ryan is nine and six. Adam, eight and seven. Mike, didn't get picked. I should have asked you, but I didn't get your picks last week. So you're five and three still, missed a couple weeks. Your percentage is better. I should move you up in the standings, I guess. You don't have the wins, but you do have a better percentage for over under or for standings anywhere for spread anyway. Over under, different story. Mike, bottom of the poll, one and seven. Maybe it was for the best he didn't do this week. Um, Adam and Ryan both went 0 and 3, and they sit 5 and 8 overall. And I'm 8 and 7 with a 1 and 2 last weekend. So there we go. First game up Edmonton plus 7, the road dog in Ryderville. Oh my I hate this one because I usually don't pick a team like an underdog unless I think they could win. I don't know if Edmonton could win, but like Mike was just saying, like there hasn't been like we a lot of games we think are going to be blowouts. I, I'm going to take Edmonton the plus seven. Um, and, and it might be my long shot pick because if all you guys all take Saskatchewan, then I look like the genius, the betting genius and the fantasy genius, right, Ryan? Yeah. So I'm going to do that. Um, and the, sorry, the over under 43 and a half. I'll go over for now. I know there's a lot of injuries. No, I'm going under. My bad. Under. Um, Ryan, what do you think? First of all, I'm a little bit uh, bitter, and this is under protest, that I was not allowed to abstain from picking Edmonton-Ottawa last week, but Mike was. Um, so that's, the rest of this competition is really under protest. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take Saskatchewan at minus seven here. I think this is going to be the type of game where they're uh, going to control it uh, pretty easily for the most part. Jamal Morrow, Frankie Hickson are going to run that clock down. Uh, quite a bit uh, crazy to think the Riders going to run the ball that much. Uh, but I think Cornelius will be a bit better. Maybe I still just got that blind faith in him, but I think the Riders can win this by at least a touchdown here. Uh, but I will take the under as well. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. All right, Mikey, what do you got here? Yeah, I'm taking Edmonton. I, I like the plus seven. I'm, I think it's going to be a 27-23 type of sport for Saskatchewan. See, that's what I'm thinking, too. It's going to be one where in the last three minutes, you're going to think Edmonton might do this, and then there'll be some stupid, a fumble or whatever, and Saskatchewan runs down the clock. Uh, over under 43 and a half, Mike. I think he said he's taking the over. Oh, did you? Okay, I missed that. Yeah. If I'm doing your math right, Mike. Yeah, 23 20. That's, ah, that's fair. That's I don't do math, guys. You can't do that. That's not fair. You still have to tell me. I can't do that. I'm a I'm a bachelor of arts, guys. Come on. Actually, guys, I have it. Yeah, just over. It's closer to 50. I was gonna say I was 43 right on, but that's not right. Um, yeah, no, you I'm want math, older. different podcast. I'm going over. They told me there was yeah, that's the one sort of miss miss i don't even know what the word is the misunderstanding if you will they told me in media there would be no math involved well there's plenty of math involved uh when it comes to hockey statistics and apparently uh football podcasts also have math so 
There is an excellent comment here in the chat that's asking, how does the betting guy not do math, Trey? You know, I, I know how dollars go down. I just don't know how to add them back up together, guys, okay? You know what? I won 40 bucks on the slot machines at a Cineboy Downs on Monday. I was half, I put 20 in, and I walked away with 60. That nice. never happens. So, you know, that's math. All right, a couple of ant farms there for you. Let's move on to our next game here, the Friday night game, uh, 8.30 Eastern time. Calgary coming to Winnipeg. Uh, Calgary off of the bye here. Uh, Mike, what do you got for storylines? Yeah, actually, it's the same for both teams. Uh, and, and it's a C word, but I'll start things off for me. Uh, consistency. Uh, Winnipeg, not so good two weeks ago against BC. Pretty okay last week against Montreal. What team are they going to get? And Calgary, yeah, didn't look good against BC, but came back. Uh, lost an overtime game prior to their bye against Saskatchewan. So, so which team, you know, which team kind of for both sides uh, starts to, to kind of show up? Um, for, for Calgary, honestly, I'm looking for Jake Mayer to just settle down. Um, some of this interceptions that are happening, uh, case in point, the overtime interception, um, I wonder if the game is moving too fast for him at points, uh, and maybe the inexperience at wide receiver, uh, also hurts him a little bit. Uh, and that's another one of my, uh, storylines is Calgary offensive injuries. To me, I think the Calgary defense has been pretty, um, okay, um, I just don't know what people would expect with a starting running back and three wide receivers out. I don't know if you guys caught the story this week, but they brought a former friend back in uh, Martin Michelle. So I'm pretty curious how that's going to work. Um, you know, and, and it was interesting. I can't remember where um, where I heard this. It might have been the Stamps radio broadcast. Uh, and they were really no potential um, guys that had been there in the past that could help this receiving core out. Uh, you know, the Eric Rogers type. Um, those were the type of names that were bantered about, not not specifically uh, Eric uh, Eric Rogers, but you know, Martin Michelle fits the bill uh, for sure. Um, I don't even know what he's been up to lately. To be honest, I just. That kind of raised an eyebrow to me, uh, but, he, but he was coming back. Uh, he went to, uh, I know he went to the Philadelphia Eagles for a little while. I think maybe bounced around a couple NFL opportunities, but I don't know if he really got into much game time there. Uh, yeah, and then the other thing is Calgary needs some production from their young receivers. Uh, Luther, I don't even want to try his last name, uh, has had a good Huh? Hakuna Vanu. <laughs> okay, that'll be good for me. Um, has been rather quiet. Um, they've had injuries, uh, or a injury, I should say, for uh, one of the Philpop brothers. Actually, both of them are injured, uh, both of which apparently going to miss substantial time uh, with injuries that I heard on the weekend. 
Um, but yeah, so just the young receivers in Calgary, they need to kind of kind of mesh together um, just a little bit better. Defense, I'm not so worried about, but there's a lot of pressure put on them because their offense isn't able to produce at a very high level. Um, for Winnipeg, it's continue to get better. Show your fan base that that home loss was a one-off. Um, it seemed to do a pretty good job of it last week. Um, three words for me in that regard. Follow it up. Um, the defense, to me, seems to be so much better, and I don't think it's an accident uh, with Jackson Jeffcoat back in the lineup. He just makes Willie Jefferson so much more dangerous now with with uh, options on the end. Uh, Haba, another nice find, uh, continuing his pressure steam in a couple sats. Uh, offensively, uh, Kalaros did just enough. Um, what injury from Brady Oliveira? I mean, he had 100-plus yards, um, none of which were the easy yards. Um haven't heard much in the way of injuries coming out of the Winnipeg camp because they just got back to practice uh, yesterday from their short week. Um, but if it ain't broke, uh, don't try to fix it. And I think a, a veteran team that will look to impose their will and move to 4-1 and one will get a pretty stiff challenge from a, I don't know, I don't, I hesitate to call it rebuilding, but retooling uh, an interesting Calgary team. I, I'm actually really intrigued by this matchup. I think it's actually the game of the week. Um, just and as far as what Pete's kind of my interest. Uh, I've got the injury report here for you for this game, Mike. They've got the final ruling. Well, I mean, game time is the f- official final ruling on, on a lot of these guys. On the Calgary side, notable Luther Hakunavanu is actually out this week with a hip injury. Peyton Logan is also out, so somebody else will be returning kicks there. Yeah, um, Peyton Logan hurt himself in that game in Regina. Yeah. That looked to be a long-term injury. Right, yes, that one as well. Uh, Reggie Bagleton is back off the six-game injured list and uh, seems like he could be back this week. He's been a full participant in practice, but is questionable. So, you know, they lost uh, Malik Henry to injury. Now they get Bagleton back. That's huge there. Uh, That's on the Calgary side of things. Titus Wall also on the defensive side. Seems like he's good to go and back in this week. On the Bombers' side, uh, both Drew Brown and Nick Dembski listed as questionable for not injury-related reasons. I know Dembski missed last game due to uh, his partner uh, being ready to give birth. Uh, And so I'm not sure what's going on this week. Maybe it's just, you know, spending time at home, new father, understandably so, uh, that he's questionable. Greg McRae also questionable this week. He missed – he was a full participant in practice, but – uh same thing with adam big hill also questionable so a couple of uh a couple of options or a couple of notable names on the injury report this week yeah you know what one thing too a lot of those names that you mentioned particularly from uh, the bomber side are guys that hardly have practiced this this year uh you know big hill being one uh dempsey being another uh drew brown to me is interesting uh doesn't appear to be injury related, which is uh interesting. Um 
One thing that I found very interesting last week, just to kind of put a bow on it, um, no use of Dakota Pro Top or any short yardage scenarios uh, for Winnipeg. Now, whether that was weather related or just the way, <clears throat> excuse me, just the way the game fell, um, I would expect Dakota Pro Top to maybe have a bit more of an impact uh, this week, perhaps on those option plays. Uh, third down type of scenarios, particularly if for whatever reason Drew Brown is unavailable. Right. Uh, but I, I listen, the Bombers list, everybody is questionable, and pretty much everybody listed as questionable this year, <clears throat> excuse me, with a few exceptions, has played. Uh, looking at the fantasy players to watch in this game, I've got three at my eyes on three of them here. Uh, let's start with a couple of Calgary wide receivers. Again, I wouldn't stack the lineup with multiple of them, but there are some intriguing options. You touched on Mark and Michelle being back with the Stampeders. He was the former West Division Rookie of the Year nominee, I want to say in 2017, just came back from a bouncing around the NFL and is arguably one of the most veteran presences now on a young Calgary wide receiver core. I would have expected and given all the other prices around the league to come back somewhere in the eight nine $9,000 range at least. But he's a, a low, low $5,000, which seems like a steal for a guy like that, that they're going to be looking to make an immediate impact. Uh, Trey Odoms-Dukes, I'll put him on here again for the third consecutive game for Calgary. He's made a steady presence as one of Jake Mayer's top favorite targets, even when they had Malik Henry and Reggie Bagleton in there. He's averaging just over eight targets a game, which is a pretty high uh, number for wide receivers in general, uh, and at least 10 points in each game so far this season for him. So he's got a nice floor there. His price is up now to $8,600, so if you're trying to get full value out of him, he's going to need to strike a little bit higher than he has been the past couple of weeks, but I also think he's got enough of a floor for it to be worth the play potentially there. Uh, I really wanted to include Reggie Bagleton. I, I saw somebody talking about that. Uh, I think it was Richard in the chat. Uh, expecting him to get a ton of targets. I do as well. The only thing is his price is now up at $14,000, and I'm really starting to just stray away from any of those top-priced players in fantasy because to kind of be in the top 100 players of the week, roughly, I think you need to kind of aim to score 120, 130 points on the week, which means roughly $2 for every $1,000 you spend on a player. That means to hit full value out of Bagleton, you need something like 28 points. And very few players are hitting that total where, I, I don't know, I don't feel confident about that, uh, especially if the Bombers are able to shut him down. So uh, I think he's going to have a great week. I just don't know if it's worth the price there. Uh, but a player I think could be worth the price if he's in the lineup and gets a, into the starting role again is running back slash wide receiver Greg McRae. $4,700. They put him in the lineup last week when Dembski was out and they used him heavily early on in a couple of rushing plays. They gave him a couple passes as well, I believe. Uh, used him in so many different ways, I think could be a great value play to save money at the running back position. Again, got to check the depth chart on that one there. But those are my three guys I'm looking at in this one. Uh, staying away again from all those high-priced options. Uh, let's go to you first, Mike. Who you got? Winnipeg, Calgary for fantasy. Yeah, I like uh, I like McCray. Um, if special teams were an option, I'd like Janarian Grant. Um, 
if he plays, I actually like Nick Dempsey. I know he's a little bit up there in price, but something about a new parent bump that we see uh, every now and then. Um, I, I mean, almost a home run to get a touchdown every week, to be honest, is Dalton Schoen. Um, he was my captain last week and got me almost 40 points, which I'm very happy about. Uh, keeping in mind that the points are double for your captain. Uh, so he's certainly an option again. Um, I know in our uh, fantasy lead as a podcast group, um, I always like Brady Oliveira because he seems to get that 100 yards. Not necessarily uh, easy all the time, but uh, no, he finds a way to get to 100. Um, for Calgary, I honestly... If I had a way to get this guy in my lineup every week, I would do it. I like the running back, uh, Diedrich Mills. Um, if this podcast lead ever has a spot for two running backs, and I could get Oliveira and Diedrich Mills both in the lineup, I would like that a lot. Uh, but for national purposes, I more times than not stick with Brady Oliveira. But uh, I, I do like Diedrich Mills. Um I honestly like to piggyback on on uh, what what somebody was saying in the uh, in the chat earlier. Um, my apologies, I lost it now. But uh, Reggie Badelton could be an option with a younger uh, ish receiving core. Uh, he could get a lot of touches and comfort uh, with his quarterback, uh, Jake Mayer. Um, for me personally, I'm staying away from Jake Mayer this week. Uh, just for the inconsistency purposes, um, interceptions can prove to be very costly. Um, I'm just not at that point where I fully trust uh, Jake Mayer to be a viable option at quarterback. I hope that changes. Um, but certainly for me right now, that would be a cautious uh, sort of warning light, if you will. Trey, what about you? What are you looking at for fantasy for this game? Uh, you both said him. it was uh, Mitchell, and I went with Shone every week so far, and uh, you know that's why I'm uh, top what top thirty eighth last week. So let's keep it going. Mitchell, who am I? Oh, Mark and Michelle. Mark, there we go. Mark, oh, Michelle. Sorry, yeah. Michelle. Michelle. My bad. I'm like Bo Levi's not in Calgary. Anymore. No, no, <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, there's a question in the chat. How many players actually have scored more than 30 points in a single week thus far this season? You know I've got all those fantasy stats for you. And the number is four. Dominic Rhymes in week number one. And uh, Sam Emelis, Trevor Harris, and Chad Kelly in week number two are the four players who have scored more than 30 points. And, you know, this whole captain thing does throw a wrinkle into it. Like these top-priced guys like a Bagleton or a Schoen where I'm saying, oh, they're not going to be worth the value. I don't want to pick them. If you believe a guy is going to put up a big total, like the captain feature, once you double the point total, definitely delivers you on that value. So that's where it throws a wrinkle of, you know, if you believe this guy is going to be the highest scoring player of the week, even if his price doesn't justify it, getting that double point total could be worth it there uh, on those guys as well. Uh, Let's go over to the betting picks for this one, Trick. Yeah, the Stampeders roll in to IG Field. I think there's a mechanical bull I thought I heard uh, Derek Taylor talk about on the radio program, but I don't know, maybe he was just making stuff up, but I thought I heard that because uh, I was listening to the radio because I barely watch.
watched last week's game, but because I had another C word in my mind um, for this Winnipeg defense that I can't say on air. I'm not conf- or not, uh, what did Mike say, consistency? He had another C word. Um, it's not cheese either, but plus eight, uh, minus eight. I'm going to go with the Stamps. I'm not sold on this Winnipeg team. I They might win it, but plus eight, division game. You never know. So I'm going to go with Cal. This is probably going to be one that I'll admit I might change in a couple days if I, you know, when I get closer and the home game vibes start get going a little bit. But I just don't see it happening. And the over under of 46 and a half, I will take the over with that. I think it could be a high scoring game, kind of in and around what Mike said for the last game. Well, let's go with you, Mike, first here. Winnipeg minus eight, right? Yeah, for for me, I like Calgary plus eight. Um, I think Winnipeg wins this one, but it's by a field goal or four points. You might as well just hit stop, and you might just take my reasoning from the other team and play it right here, because I think it applies right here. Um, I also have some questions about the Bomber defense, which is why I am not quite... The eight to me is really, really generous. Um, but I'm going to go over 46 and a half. Uh, this could be a potential 35, 27, 35, 28, something like that. Um, cause you either didn't get that or you didn't get these teams with struggle to get to 20. And I think we're going to get the higher end of scoring in this one. Ryan, what do you got? Yeah, I'm taking Calgary plus eight as well, and I will take the over also. Uh, Three games played between these two teams last season, 26-19 Winnipeg in week six, 35-28 Winnipeg in week eight, and 31-29 Winnipeg in in week 12. So again, I, I think I'm also in that same camp of I'll probably pick the Bombers to win, but these two teams the past couple of years have had so many close games of one score or less. And there were some high-scoring totals in there also. And I think both teams can put up some points. So I will take both of what I said, the uh, Calgary and the over. I wonder if Adam, for back-to-back weeks, being the Rough Rider fan, will be the only one to take Winnipeg again. (laughs) 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 But anyway, uh, Mike, you and I are starting to agree too much lately. Something's wrong. I don't know. Is it full moons or I don't know? Yeah, what's the opposite of a team building activity that I need to send you guys on to get you back on your regular <laughs> track? Uh, I don't know. Cage mash. There we go. That's the that's the time, only time heals all wounds. Uh, well, speaking of time healing all wounds, let's move on to our next game of the week here, which is the Ottawa Red Blacks in town in Hamilton to face the Ticats. This one comes Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Mike, what are we looking at here? We are looking at the return of Ottawa's number one quarterback for the first time in almost a calendar year. Um, we also exactly find a calendar new- year. Exactly. He will return exactly a calendar year after he left the last time. What are the odds of that? Um, ironically enough, Jake Serezna taking a lot of heat for 
injuring the quarterback last week in Tyree Adams, who didn't miss the rest of the season with a uh, ACL type injury. Um, so that's no dead. The timing is kind of convenient in that regard because I don't believe anybody wanted to see Caleb Evans, no disrespect, uh, intended to. I think he goes nuts down the depth chart. Um, but hey, uh, I like a lot of things about Ottawa speaking to them. Uh, Tuttle was a running back option for me. Uh, speedy, shifty, small guy that I contemplated putting in my fantasy lineup last week, uh, but instantly regretted uh, when the game happened. Um, I want to see, to me, this season series is going to decide if one of these teams has a shot, one, at a home playoff game, and two, to prevent the crossover from happening. Um, it's that simple, and I cannot even believe, to me, that this line is two and a half. It just seems, I don't know, it just seems a little bit, I mean, I, I understand it. I'll get into my reasoning later because I think both these teams are still looking for reasons to be trusted um, as well. Um, for Hamilton, obviously Matthew Schultz getting another start. Um, anybody working in the Ticat offices last week? Um, to be honest, I expected some changes in personnel and maybe some coaches. But that didn't happen. Um, you know, the visitors, to be honest with you, inspire a lot of confidence for me right now. And that is not something I thought I would be saying about a team hosting the Great Cup that seemed to have, in most people's opinion, maybe the best team or the second best team in the East. But they're certainly, certainly not playing with it, and you know what? One team has a chance to go on a two-game win streak, something that hasn't happened in a long time for that franchise, while the other has a chance to get out of misery uh, that nobody wants when hosting the Great Cup. And I might just tune in for that very good reason uh, to tune in. Uh, so Quickly to recap, uh, storylines for Ottawa, Mazzoli uh, coming back, and for Hamilton, Matthew Schultz. Also, too, I would put that Hamilton defense uh, very, very underwhelming so far this year. And does anybody want to put a wager or a over-under on the number of penalties from Hamilton this week? Uh, that is my second storyline with Hamilton uh, this week is can they turn the penalties down a few notches? History says no, but we'll see. Seriously, like what are we thinking for the number of penalties? 10? 11? I'll say I'll say over a hundred yards for sure. Okay. Seems like they get it seems like and they don't get little ones like the when I was there. In Toronto, it was roughing the passer, pass interference, you know what I mean? Stupid ones after the play kind of thing. And then it was those 15s that add up and on second and longs that you can't be doing, right? So it, it's not 
yeah, if they're not like little nick, nickel and dime offsides here and there penalties that they're getting, like they're getting those too, but you know, it's not just those, right? So if, if they get under 100 yards, maybe they actually have a chance of winning this game, but you can't because you can't be giving up that many yards. They're giving up full lengths of field, you know, in a game. It's it's ridiculous, but in in a game that they somehow magically. If you take that field away, you would kind of be in the game, uh, at least make a lot of games a one-score game. Because um, the way I view it is if, if you take over 100 yards in penalties, you might as well just take the touchdown off the board. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head with the, the line there, Mike, of 10 penalties because uh, that's the number of a game the Ticats have averaged so far this season, 30 penalties in three games. That was so. a sheer jazz, by the way. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head that one uh they've given up the fourth most penalty yards but they have played one less game than Edmonton and BC but interestingly Toronto despite only playing a couple of games has uh had 300 penalty yards so far this year but yeah tie cats the discipline I mean those some of those penalties are killing drives like you said there and, and that's something that's got to be cleaned up here I'm really surprised also they didn't do more this uh this week off. I mean, I know we don't see too many wholesale changes happen that often, but I thought we saw teams like, like Calgary, you know, they addressed their wide receiver situation by bringing in Mark and Michelle, but I hope Hamilton made some, some meaningful moves there to make a difference for them. But uh, I guess they're sticking with what they got and we'll see if they can bounce back. I mean, Trey and I were talking before we came on air here and their schedule, Hamilton plays Ottawa this week and Edmonton next week. So if they can win both of those games, I mean, they're back on track in that East division. So uh, I don't think from a scheduling standpoint, it's necessarily doom and gloom for the Ticats, but uh, they got to dig themselves out of this hole here. Uh, other note here also, uh, Mike, you were talking about Caleb Evans as the backup. Uh, he's, the, he's in Montreal now. It's Dustin Crum is the backup. Oh, Crum. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which although, I believe was- although I heard it talking to a few people in Ottawa, they are pretty high on Crum. Yeah, and I believe Crum was also one of Brandon's players to watch uh, uh, from College Fantasy uh, in our bonus episode preseason. So, uh, hey. Brandon, he's getting one. Uh, he's getting one step closer to getting in that lineup there. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that giant still... Every time you guys say this guy's name, I think of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you know who I'm thinking about. <laughs> I think I, I think that's one movie reference I actually understand. There we go. Recently. Right. <laughs> only only more recently, but uh, I have seen them all. Uh, Gary and Snitch Finder guy. Let's go. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, that's my back title. Fantasy, let's go. Yeah, on to fantasy here. Uh, well, I've got a couple of guys on the Red Blacks I'm looking at. Nobody on the Ticats that I'm calling for in fantasy this week. Uh, uh, same thing, you know, Duke Williams has looked good uh, so far, but price-wise, I don't think he hits that value. The Red Blacks defense is also pretty good. Uh, it's pretty underrated this season. I, I know they delivered a big total for you last week, Trey, so... Uh, I, I think they're a bit of an underrated team there. Uh, but uh, the three guys I'm looking at, you know what? It's a big risk. He hasn't played in a year. 
but he's got the single most obvious best matchup of the week, uh, and that is Jeremiah Mazzoli at $13,000. Guys, through three games, opposing quarterbacks have averaged 27.5 points against the Ticats. We just talked about there's only been four performances this year over 30, and to have quarterbacks average just below that uh, basically means they've been putting up top numbers of the week. Uh, so along with that, I think Mazzoli's going to be out to prove he can bounce back from this injury and get back on track there as well. He's a quarterback that can be more mobile at times also. We'll see how the injury obviously plays into that. But uh, you know what? I think there's value plays elsewhere. I'm tempted to bank on Mazzoli just on the matchup alone here. And sticking with that matchup as well, Demontre Tuggle at $6,200 at running back is a huge bargain for a starting running back. Got a heavy workload against the Elks. Poor run defense last week with 17 carries over 100 yards. He's been in one of the top value plays the past couple of weeks when he's been in. And I would expect him to get a heavy dose again against the Ticats here. This one's a little bit more off the board, and I think he ends up on the list for the first time this season for me, and that is Jalen Acklin at $9,000. He has had a terrible start to the year for what we expect from him. He's got no more than two catches in a game this season so far. This is a guy that put up over 1,000 yards last season, if I'm remembering correctly. There's no way this trend continues in my mind over the course of the season. Uh, with Mazzoli back in, the passing yards, uh, the receiving yards should go up uh, around the team in general. The passing game should be better. And these two guys have that connection from their time in Hamilton. And the kind of we saw it early last season a little bit with Ottawa as well. If, if Ackland is ever going to start returning to form again, it's this week. $9,000 is super cheap for a guy with his talent. Uh, bank on it. That's my. Uh, it's one of my stretch plays of the week. You know, I, I like to go with the guys who have shown me stuff lately, but uh, this is one of those where uh, I, I think we could see finally see his 2023 breakout here. Uh, Mike, uh, any guys catch your eye in this game? Yeah, I'm actually, you and I see this completely different, Ryan, which is interesting. Um, I, I would, personally speaking, would not put Jeremiah Mazzoli in the lineup just from a standpoint that he hasn't played for a year. Um, you know, there's going to be a mental hurdle for him to overcome. Uh, practice is different than a game. Um, I, I, I Honestly, guys, I believe long-term, but Mazzoli back for Ottawa, the way that East Division is shaping up. Home playoff game in Ottawa, despite everything going on. It's very possible. Um not not to discount everything, but, you know, Hamilton and Montreal are going to do this year. But all of a sudden, it's amazing how one win kind of changes my perspective on a team. Um, so I, I think I have to be really careful not to put one win, read too much into it, just because it was Edmonton. But that being said... Um, I do like uh, Tuttle, the running back, and that's really, really about it. Um, don't I'm not quite at the point where I trust Jay Wynn just yet, um, but typically because this for me, and this may be a bit of an intel, what I'm kind of thinking with my, my lineup, 
I stayed away from this game for the most part. Uh, for fantasy players on both sides, just because of the unknown. Um, and I'm at a point where I feel personally that I need a little bit more sure bets. Um, and I can't say outside of Tuggle that there'll be too many people that will be sure on performance and even Tuggle to an extent, right? It's, it's, it's Edmonton. Um, this game to me is exciting as it's going to be to watch. I, I think it's going to be a tread with caution for me anyway, fantasy-wise. As your opponent this week in the Discord Fantasy League, I'm taking notes on all of these things, Mike. Uh, but I tried to do that with Trey last week, and that didn't work out. Spoiler alert. So, uh, Trey, you're the fantasy king. Uh, anybody catch your eye in this game? 100% toggle and the Ottawa defense. They helped lead me to uh, where I was last week with 14 points. So, uh, and I think Schultz will be uh, seeing ghosts out there. And, you know, could be some uh, big plays for that Ottawa defense. <clears throat> right. And, every, you know, everything I say is for free, guys. Like, I don't charge for this. So, I mean, none of us do, right? So, <laughs> we give which, you the option which, to use your own you- judgment. You know what, Ty? It's the saving grace every time, and most of the time, we're all wrong. I mean, I don't know if I would say that. If you've been, uh, if you join the Discord community, I give you the wrap up every single week, and uh, we've been hitting, the, we've been hitting the nail on the head with some of these picks here. Uh, I believe I had seven of the top ten value plays of the week last week uh, suggested on the show, so. Uh, no, I, I, I'm just saying in general, like people don't take our, you know, advice and, you know, do weird things. It's like, yeah, you know what? Our advice is free, but big, big disclaimer, you know? Yeah, don't bet the farm, bet the ant farm. Speaking just of betting, farm. over to the uh, betting odds for this game. Yeah, Ottawa comes in plus two and a half, I think, with three straight road dogs so far. I guess it'll probably be four because Montreal would be. Um, yeah, Ottawa plus two and a half, Hamilton minus two and a half, over under 40, 44 and a half. I'm going to take Ottawa. I think this line is weird. I would honestly put Ottawa the favorite by three points. So when I see getting getting some extra help there, sorry, guys, <clears throat> I had too many cheesies. Um, I think that that's the best plan um there and you know what 44 and a half for what like a 30 15 game do we see that yeah i see that i'm gonna go over um with that one as well ryan what you got yeah i really like ottawa plus two and a half as well i think they should be the clear favorite in this game which is crazy to see it say i guess maybe not the clear favorite but to me they are the favorite in this one especially with mazzoli back under center there i just don't trust anything from the tie cats right now and i will not pick them until basically until they win a game and get back on track uh spoiler alert so i'll take ottawa uh, the over underline, yeah, I'm struggling with that one as well because I could see very well see in a situation where it is under, but the Tight Cats defense has given up a lot so far this year. And I think they can probably put some points on the board against Ottawa as well. So I will take the over also. Yeah, I'm thinking like 23 21, you know, you're kind of there, right? Or, yeah. yeah. And that could be a game. Uh, Mike, what do you got? 
Yeah, I liked Ottawa in this game. Um, Trey, this may be a question catered to to you, um, but I but I I feel the need to ask this. In your experience, is the home team given two and a half for the sake of being at home? It's three. So they get three to be home. So this is really neutral site. It's pretty much a pick 'em or minus half Ottawa. See, and I don't know how much they actually lean into that anymore because we've seen where does like we've had this argument on this show about home field mattering, right? So they don't always lean into it as much, but it's traditionally three. So yeah, this was Grey Cup somewhere, um, some not on Hamilton. Grey Cup in BC it would be minus half Ottawa, I guess. Yeah, see, like to that three, Hamilton not even being favored by three at home, a one-win team, a two-win team, one-win team. Yeah, it, it, this line is just, it's really confusing to me. Nonetheless, blow out of the wheat here goes to Ottawa, and I think they win this one by two touchdowns. And I'm going to go over 44 and a half. Yeah. um, The only thing I can think of is if the odd makers have some like historical sites and, you know what I mean? Going way back in time and something, or maybe they they're leaning on Mazzoli not playing great. His first game back. Like, I don't know. There could be a few things they're leaning on here, but. And then again, too, lines do change because of the betting public. So it was like Hamilton's been favorited a lot this year for how little performance they've had. So I wonder if there's a large market of Ticat fans or Ticat people who are really still heavy on on them. So um, is that what, they were, like, so is that is that in your mind what's keeping this line as close as it is? I think so. Because I, I, I can't imagine, like again, like my the only thing I have is Mazzoli, or yeah, or the luck. Because again, weren't they Hamilton was favorited? Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they were fa- they were almost favored. They first game against Toronto, they were underdogs, and it switched. Um, they almost was like a four point swing, I thought, to them being favored. And I'm pretty sure they were favored once more this summer. Yeah, against Montreal, I think they were. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think there, there's some form of betting bias. And I get it. Like, I don't know. It, it, you think traditionally, like, again, if you think about casual people who maybe don't always watch, they Hamilton's a name of a team that's kind of a safe bet. You know what I mean? So maybe there's a lot of that going on too. Um, yeah, kind of like yeah, how you yeah. want to bet on Calgary or New England and stuff like that, right? right. But I don't know. Also, like Ottawa has one win. Let's be real; they look yeah. they look better last week. But it is these are the bottom feeders in the East Division that are going head to head. So that right. I'd be shocked so, to see it a seven point swing or something like that. And, and now I was just thinking about it. Like if you put Hamilton and Edmonton, because Ottawa got their win against Edmonton, right? Yep. Last week. Yeah. So if you put Hamilton and Edmonton. You would imagine Hamilton would win that game, right? If that was a game this week, so I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out next week. I know that's my point, but I mean, you would think that that Hamilton would win that one. How the season's going, but so again, it would be these two teams would be pretty even because their only wins would be against potentially Edmonton, right? So I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird uh, one. Way, I don't know. Either way, we I'm always... abstaining from that pick again next week. So. <laughs> 
we we always question the odds makers and then they're usually pretty good you know they, they don't down casinos don't like losing money right? right so they're gonna do whatever benefits them so well let's move on to our final game of the week here which is the montreal alouettes visiting the bc lions on sunday 7 p.m eastern time uh mike i think i know where you're going here first but uh what what are you viewing as the things we should watch in this game bounce back two words for both sides montreal only put up three points last week bc got the doors blown off them well Probably the lack of scoring and interceptions saved them. Um, yeah, bounce, bounce back for me. Which Vernon Adams do we get? I know it's hypothetical, and I don't want to overreact after one game, but, you know, we have this history of would the real Vernon Adams please step to the front of the room? And now there's questions. Personally, I believe that last week was an anormality. Uh, just BC going out east, historically. For the same context, this is why I don't like this matchup for Montreal. Uh, Montreal going east on a bit of a long week. And then with the Sunday game here, um, might give them a little bit of an edge. Um, but... To, to me here, like BC, this is about the bounce back. And can Cody Fajardo show that last week was an abnormality? They couldn't get anything going. News flash to Cody Fajardo. You have more than two receivers. Okay? It seemed like everything was going to Matt, and it seemed like everything was going to Julian Grant, and the Bombers were keying off on that. Find a way to get some other receivers involved. Montreal, to their credit, defensively held a very good Winnipeg team in bad weather to 17 points. That is commendable um, and deserves to be completely uh, acknowledged. Um, not to say that Winnipeg's offense has been world beaters, but considering what happened in the first two games and Winnipeg putting up 40-plus points, Holding Winnipeg to six and seventeen points. Um, you know, the last two weeks has been quite something. But and as far as BC goes, there are receivers that and I think I mentioned this last night on the drive home pod, just about no lucky whitehead. No Brian Burnham. There doesn't seem to be a a real drop-off. I mean, you don't see that one catch that uh, Hatcher made? Uh, literally the ball bouncing up, bouncing off a guy's chest and literally back into Hatcher's hand. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of a drop-off uh, for BC. And that's just kind of my one key on both sides. Who's going to bounce back? And hmm, I'm beginning to agree with that line, but more on that later. Yeah, those are some great storylines in this game here. Uh, any of those in particular intrigue you the most here, Trey? 
no, I agree with the <clears throat> bounce back, and we'll talk about with fantasy and betting too when we get to that. So, um, I, I think that that was a one-off game. Like, I think you have to think about it too. BC, yes, BC badly beat Winnipeg, but then you have a back-to-back of probably the two best other the two other best teams in the league. You have to play back-to-back. So going into Toronto, not that shocking, right? That you have two row games. Um, that maybe there'll be some layoff. And he too, he just seemed like he was seeing ghosts out there, Vernon Adams. And I don't, couldn't imagine, I think Mike made the point of it right on the um, Ryan's little sidekick show there that um, he, he didn't look happy about it. You know what I mean? You've seen quarterbacks where they just go, oh, it's an interception. And that's not a bad attitude to have too, but you also want to have the guy who, you know, you don't want him breaking down. But I think if he has a good time looking at film and this would be a good team to do it against. Yeah, and it's against his former team, right? That's the I big do. thing here too. I do. I think that there's a little bit of that. You know, he seems like a guy with um, I don't want to say ego, but you know, he, he's proud. He's a proud guy. You know, he's a. You have to have some ego to be a professional athlete, right? Like, you can't, so I think to some degree. So he wants to go out there and show his former team that they uh, they went they What's, went with the wrong guy. Because again, right now, would you take VA? I would take VA over for Jardo. Maybe they took Harris over. VA, but you know how they're playing now, right? So it's like, interesting because to dead VA into the lead, remember Montreal spent the first round pit to get him out of Oregon in the supplemental draft. Well, and he bounced around for a while, right? I, didn't he first go to Montreal and then come back there later on because he was with Hamilton? He yeah, yeah he, he's bounced around, but it was a first round pit from. The team that he's playing this week that got him in the lead. And then he was traded last uh, last season over to BC, and he's been thriving for the most part there. But, yeah, six interception games, you don't see that too often. There's no way he throws six two games in a row. No. And, guys, I think we need to really give some credit to Jordan Metzimit, the offensive coordinator. Doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is there. Offense is purring like a finely oiled machine. The guy threw for almost 400 yards despite the one for six interceptions. Something about that mentality of I'm going to get up off the mat after throwing an interception. And this could be an air show at the Dome in BC on Sunday night. Uh, Montreal's quarterback has found a way to throw some darts this year. Um, we'll see if he gets more than two receivers involved, like I said, but I, I fully believe that was a one-off for VA and, uh, he'll be much better this week or the questions will start. Well, let's get into our fantasy, uh, players to watch in this game. And we'll start right there. We'll start with Vernon Adams Jr. I'm throwing him on the list. He's dropped in price a little bit now to 12,500. Look, six interceptions last week. He was still the second highest scoring fantasy quarterback on the week, just behind Chad Kelly. There's no way he's throwing that many again. He's averaged 19.1 points a game this year, which is a really solid total. Uh, and I think he'll be looking to over, uh, prove he can overcome that last game. He's going to looking to prove Montreal wrong for trading him away and not giving him the chance to continue as the starter there. The matchup's a little bit tough because Montreal's actually got a pretty solid underrated defense. They're averaging 16 points against only uh, through three games there for them. 
but I think uh, VA's got the tools uh, to overcome it uh, and a plethora of receivers to throw the ball to. I mean, he threw almost 400 yards and three touchdowns last week, despite the six picks. So uh, a couple less of those and his totals looking even better there. Uh, one of the guys he's throwing the ball to that I still really like again this week could hit the nail on the head last week because he was the highest scoring player in fantasy at 24.4 points is Keon Hatcher. Uh, you know, BC has so many talented receivers. Hatcher is still one of the cheapest for some reason, despite a thousand yards last season. Uh, picked up right where he left off, continued to build that chemistry with VA. And yeah, modest price at 10,500. Uh, I like the the odds of Keon Hatcher having another solid week here. Uh, sticking with the Lions, I'm also going uh, for the bounce back for the defense. I named them as a player to watch last week. I put their defense in my lineup uh, against to Toronto there, I believe, and took the minus one points from it, uh, which obviously hurt and is the exact opposite of what you want from fantasy. Uh, but they were hung out to dry by their offense last week. Those six interceptions kind of put Toronto in scoring position an awful lot, uh, which ran up the total on BC's defense. Also a special teams touchdown there. Uh, this defense is still way too good. The Alouette's offensive line has also given up a large share of sacks so far this season. I don't have the exact number, but you know we're looking at f- five or six sacks a game, it seems. That Montreal's been giving up, and I think it's a big bounce back week uh, coming uh, for the Lions defense here. On the Montreal side, look, Cody Fajardo is going to throw the ball in this game, and one of four things is going to happen when he throws the ball on every single play. Either it will, the ball will hit the turf, the ball will end up in the hands of a BC Lions uh, defensive player, or it will end up in the hands of Austin Mackerke on Julian Grant. Those are seemingly the only two receivers that get any looks in that Alouette's offense right now, and they still come at pretty darn good prices in fantasy. Mack is somehow still only $8,400. I'll call it right now. Austin Mack is this year's Dalton Schoen. Uh, Schoen started at $2,500 in fantasy last year, and, well, look what he finished the year as one of the as the rookie of the year and the league's best receiver. Um, I think Mac is on a trajectory like that. He's now at $8,400, but he's averaging 19.5 points a game. Uh, And even against a normally stingy BC defense, he's still going to get all of those opportunities. Same thing with Julian Grant. He's a bit more expensive at 10,300, but he's Fajardo's other go-to target. Averaged 17 points the last two weeks. And uh, even though the price is a little bit more steep than it used to be, so the value is diminished there, I think he can deliver a solid total and is always good for at least one big play a game, which uh, I do like that big play potential. So number of different options for you in this game. Uh, from my eyes, uh, Trey, what's good to you first? Uh, anybody you are thinking of slotting into your lineup? Only one guy, and the question is if he's McCaffrey or not, and that's VA, because I think that he's going to go off this week, I think. I do agree with Mike. See, I don't think the questions will swirl. Like, would they still have Dane Evans, right? Is there backup? BC, BC's backup. Yeah, BC's backup. So, I guess he might have a short leash, but I still am going to go with uh, VA. That's my only BC guy in this game, Mike. Sorry, what? Uh, you just cut out there for a minute. Fantasy. Who are you? Oh, oh yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um. 
I like Tian Hatcher. Uh, he's very good for my uh, our fantasy lead. Anyway, uh, it was a very good injection into the lineup. David, I'm really curious about, and I think this was a byproduct of how the game went. To me, James Butler was a little bit too quiet. And if this one goes the way I think most people... Well, hold up, hold up here for one second. Uh, James Butler is on Hamilton now. Where are you talking the, about? Uh, uh, the BC running back there, Taquan Mazel. Um, Mazel was a little bit quiet. Um, a byproduct of maybe the score. Um, I think if this one goes in the way, yeah, of course Butler's in Hamilton. I just remember that now. Um, but Mazel, to me, I think if you'd want to have um, if you're going to have what a lot of people are thinking is perhaps Montreal on the bat foot, maybe you're up a touchdown, 10 points. You can maybe afford to run the ball a little bit. I think that would be a pretty good viable option for me. Um, I made the mistake in the Discord lead of putting AJ Roulette and Taekwon Marzell as my running backs, two running backs from the same game. Uh, didn't exactly pan out for me. Um, still had a good week overall, painfully. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I would really like to see my dad get a little bit more of the ball to take the pressure off of Vernon Adams. And I think, to be honest, a lot of those interceptions were self-manufactured. Because I think when you see Chad Kelly putting up touchdowns or his defense putting up touchdowns, um, you, you you feel that need to get all the points back in, in one play, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. So for me, I think the biggest thing fantasy-wise would be to expect BC to have a more well-rounded uh, attack, and that includes getting Mizell doing what he does best. Just looking at some of these stats, because I didn't have them before on the sacks. Uh, I know Richard in our uh, comment section here is talking about how Matthew Betts himself is on pace for 31 and a half sacks this season. Uh, yeah, that's an insane pace here through through four weeks. Uh, Montreal's given up the second most. They've given up 15 on the season. And uh, BC is tied with Winnipeg for the most sacks. So another reason I like uh, that BC defense in this matchup here this week in fantasy uh let's uh talk about our uh, betting picks here yeah for sure and uh real quick adam sent his picks in for the week so i'll throw that up he said he's gonna take saskatchewan minus seven and the under 43 and a half and like i said he'll be the only one taking winnipeg minus eight with the over he took ottawa and the under and he took bc and the over so that's not a too bad way to start there. Yeah, Montreal plus seven and a half, another road underdog going to the BC minus seven and a half with 45 and a half points. I'm going to take BC minus seven, but I'll take the over as well because I think it's going to be, I don't think Montreal's going to roll over, but I think it'll be a touchdown plus game. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? I'm taking the Lions at minus seven and a half here. Also, I think BC plays so much better at home than they do on the road in general. You know, BC plays stadium gets packed uh, these days. And I think that uh, brings a lot of life to the team. 
Uh, also Montreal, long, long trip uh, east out west. Um, I think VA bounces back. I think that defense bounces back. I think uh, Montreal needs to find a couple more weapons in that offense. I think they're just depth-wise outmatched a little bit here. So I'll take the lines at minus seven and a half. I'm going to bet the under here, though, and if this game doesn't go for the under, I might just quit giving the over-under for the rest of the season because I cannot nail it down for the life of me. Just looking at the averages given up by these two teams, Montreal has averaged 13.7 points against per game, which is actually best in the league. I think I said 16 before. I guess I got my stats slightly wrong. Uh, and BC's average 16.5. Put them together, you're looking at a score on average of 29 points uh, or 30 points in this game between these two teams. So uh, given that I think that defense is getting back on track, I just can't I can't see this being over 45.5. I got to take the under. Okay, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to go over 45 and a half. I think BC's going to put up a lot of points in this one. Uh, I'm thinking the 30 to 20 range for a score. Um, and I'm obviously liking BC minus seven and a half. Awesome. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. Like, we've been pretty much the same the last few weeks, except for a pick here and there. Uh, yeah, we pretty much have everything the same, except for Adam S took Winnipeg. Yeah, hey, good stuff, guys. As we'll just hope we're right this time around. Uh, like yeah, I don't want any more zero and three weeks from anybody. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, we'll throw that one out. That one didn't happen, right? Uh, At least like zero and three or zero and four, and then, then that that uh, high school music post on comes to mind. We're all in this together. <laughs> so, <laughs> you might as well. Just say we're all in it to death. Yeah, we're all drowning in this misery together. Uh, well, to wrap up the show, let's take a look at our CFL Fantasy League matchups and results. Uh, first of all, in our draft league, uh, pre we did our preseason draft. We've been making transactions along the way. The results are in for week number four. Uh, it was a close one in a lot of ways. I did put up the highest score with 89.1 points. Uh, Toronto's defense gave me 21 because we do count defensive touchdowns because that's an important part of fantasy. Uh, and Julian Grant also and Rhymes, uh, big totals there. Uh, Trey, you were just a couple points short, 87.7 for you. Uh, Dalton shown in that Winnipeg defense, your big contributors this time around. Mark Leggio, though, Trey. I don't want to talk about it. I swear I changed it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I did it the wrong week. I don't know. I swear I made sure it was the new guy because ah, I knew he was on buy but whatever, you know. If ifs and buts for candies and nuts, right? You know? in, in the chaos of this past new- week. Trey, Trey dropping Rene Paradis, one of the best kickers in CFL history, so that he could get a kicker not on a buy. Uh, and then doesn't even end up playing him. And then Adam picks up Rene Paradis. So he has a kicker for this upcoming week, uh, perhaps, that he'll go with there. And I think he could use him, uh, to be honest, because uh, 50.1 points on the week for Adam. A rough week for him. Uh, a couple of those Edmonton-Ottawa receivers having tough games and that BC defense, that, again, that needs a bounce back. Uh, but Mike, you fell just a couple points shy of Trey for third place this week at 81.9. 
Uh, Keon Hatcher, again, highest total of the week at 24.4, and Austin Mack leads the way for you there as well. Yeah, a um, little bit disappointed in my Blue Bombers. Uh, that interception by Tolaros in the team there probably hurt me a little bit, but uh, can't really complain in what was a really difficult week to navigate with three teams on by. For sure. Overall point totals on the year, I'm at 366.7. Mike, you're at 309.3. Trey, you're seven points behind or so, 302.8. Adam is at 228.7. Rough year so far for Adam. Uh, A couple of those uh, unlucky unlucky performances from guys on the bench and such. Uh, But uh, he's sticking with his roster for this week. Seemingly so are you guys so far. I'm the only one to make a transaction during the waiver period. And that includes Jeremiah Mazzoli being added to my team with Jared Daggy being released. Uh, I bid a lot on him, Mike, because I thought you were going to bid on him, given you have Tyree Adams' view. I have a a transaction coming. It's the one you didn't do. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, And uh, also, I did drop Cole Tucker and pick up Reggie Bagleton, uh, now that Bagleton is back there as well. Uh, looking at our other leagues here, Trey, Adam, and I are playing in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League, where we play using the official fantasy site. Uh, Trey, you put up a massive 130.3 points on the week, 38th best score overall in the world, and somehow in the cruel game of fantasy football, it was not enough. You did lose to Steph from the Go Stamps Go Show, who put up 147.8 in the third highest score in the world. Uh, any any thoughts? Do we, do we know what his what his or her lineup was? Uh, Steph's lineup, uh, not fully, no. But uh, it was. I can say mine. Yeah, it's right here. Uh, yeah, if you want to share yours, Trey. Ottawa Red Blacks defense: Chad Kelly, who was my captain, AJ Olette. Uh, Tuggle, Dalton Schoen, Mac, and C. Phillips. Is that uh, Cam Phillips from Toronto? Yeah, pretty solid lineup there. And yeah, just beat out uh, Steph had a better week. Uh, unfortunately, that's the way it goes in head to head fantasy league. So tough loss for you there, Trey. I did pick up a bit of a, a narrow win over Joe from Rouge, White, and Blue. Uh, I put up 87.4 on the week. And Adam did lose the X's and Argos podcast. Uh, poor Adam. Uh, more lineup uh, setting issues here for him, it seems. Uh, had Dembski in his lineup. Tried to swap it out for Dominic Rhymes. Hit safe this time. And it apparently still didn't register. So we got the goose egg from Dembski, which maybe that would have turned the tide of the lineup there. So CFL Fantasy hates Adam is the, uh, the moral of the story here. Tough loss for him there. But hey. Uh, looking at the standings, we're all within the top eight, which is what we need to make the playoffs at the end of the year. So uh, let's keep it going here, boys. Uh, looking over at the Discord head-to-head league, we play against members of our Discord community. Uh, there's 12 of us in this league. It was a head-to-head matchup between you, you and me, Trey. And while you did not win the podcast league, I do got to go and hand it to you. Congratulations on your victory over myself this week and putting up the highest score in that league. I appreciate it. You are the uh, the, the fantasy king for at least one oh, week here. Uh, second week of the season also where you put up a big total uh, at the highest in the league, I believe. 
Uh, Mike, you won your matchup over Josh M from the Discord group. Congratulations to you. 111.4 points for you. Uh, nice job there. Uh, the, expansion, Adam, the expansion team is hopefully gaining steam. There we go. Well, I'm going to put a stop to that this week. Uh, Adam did lose to Discord user sandwiches uh, by uh, 20 or so points there, or 15, uh, something like that. I don't want to do math. Uh, remember, we don't do math on this podcast. Um, this week's matchup, uh, Trey Pay, Discord user sandwiches. Adam plays our good uh, pal Brandon uh, from uh, CFF University at CFF University, uh, friend of the show. And... I play against Mike, so good luck to you, Mike. Uh, you're going to need it this week. Uh, I'm not worried. Ooh. Beat him, Mike. Beat him. I'm not worried. <laughs> Bring it. Uh, as for myself, or as for, uh, by the way, the podcast lead this week as well, our matchups in that one. I'm playing Steph from Ghost Stamps Go, so I'll try to avenge your loss there, Trey. Uh, you are facing uh, Safamod from the Pitbulls podcast. Adam is facing... Zach from Bonfire Sports. Make sure you check out all those other great CFL podcasts as well. Lots of great podcasts with great content here uh, this season uh, and every season. I think we're getting into wrapping things up here on the show. So let's do that now uh, and take a look at what is coming up next, which is us being here same time, same place with our week six preview next week on Wednesday night. We'll do all the same fun things we did today. Uh, also, if again, we've got the new, uh, bonus show over in the discord community, uh, that is the, uh, let me flip it over here. There we go. Uh, you can join the discord community and catch shows such as the drive home call-in show every Tuesday around 5 PM Eastern time, uh, or in the audio feed the next day as well, but you can join in live there for that. Live game chats, uh, I post CFL fantasy uh, roundup of results and additional content every week throughout there as well. Trey posts some betting picks, and I know others have been throwing up prop bets there as well. So there's something for everyone in the CFC Discord community. Link is in the episode description if you would like to join for free there. And uh, there is no rate limit on the number of messages you can view there, unlike Twitter maybe may or not may not be installing so uh join us there to uh, join in the conversation uh if you do want to follow us on social media and we're lucky enough to have our tweets end up in your limited rate of however many you're able to see uh when elon decides how many it is uh, and changes it every day uh you can find us on twitter at cf countdown pod on facebook.com slash cf countdown pod there as well uh, I am on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. If you would like to follow me and see anything I'm talking about there, uh, Mike, where can people find you? People can find me, uh, game time stuff, game time tv.ca, facebook.com, bath, game time tvmb, and on Twitter at Mike Yo. Perfect. Uh, Trey, what about you? Hey, you can find me at Trey Harnesslink on Twitter. Don't add me on Facebook. I won't accept it because I'll probably think you're a bot. But if you want to talk on Discord, uh, yeah, I'll uh, probably throw some UFC picks. Last time there was an event, I went 4-1 and one on the main card, which is pretty good. So I'll keep that going uh, on Saturday. I mean, a lot of betting on Saturday with football, UFC, horse racing. So a couple of ant farms will be gone missing for sure. 
And don't forget to follow Adam, Adam Stewart one at Twitter and his YouTube channel at Farmer in Saskatchewan. He's always got some great stuff going on. Yes, for sure. Adam can make it tonight because uh, what did he have a slow pitch game or uh, something like that? Oh, yeah. Fastball. Uh, yeah, Adam getting uh, called up from the bench here uh, last minute. And you know what? The, our loss is, is their game. Uh, but he'll be back uh, in the coming weeks as always. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Check out at CF Pod Network on Twitter for all of the other shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Whatever platform you're listening on, we always appreciate if you do the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We appreciate that. Thanks to everybody who joined us in the live show here this evening. Lots of great comments in the chat as well. And on behalf of our panel here this evening, Mike and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.